right move. The Property Podcast with Andrew Simmons and JP. Balsa wood, check. Glue, check. Let's make a podcast. How about that, Simo? What do you reckon? Well, I was half expecting the Clem Fandango uh, approach to this one. Yeah, we can adapt to that. That ain't a problem. Yes, I can hear you. <laughs> Andrew Fandango. As a certain Ginny says crocs to it, I think. Yeah, as I can see you through that glass screen there, JP. <laughs> Funny you should say it, because did you know that you can get your Toast of London name by using your, this right, your granddad's Christian name, got that as your first name, and then your surname is the name of whatever is immediately to your right. Okay, <laughs> well, clean. And then I'll give away the passwords and hopefully somebody gets a hack my account from Nigeria. <laughs> Always a pleasure. Go on, what is it? Go on, what is it then? Go on, tell us. What did you say? Immediately to my right? Yeah. This is going to make you sound like a right pisshead. Um, Eric Pint of Vit Beer. Eric Pint of <laughs> Well, mine feels positively pedestrian compared to that. Mine's, mine's Cyril Radiator. <laughs> well, at least you're warm. Well, there you go. Now... We're going to be homing in on Somerset in this episode. That is pretty much what we're all about in this particular episode of the podcast. Somerset is the thing. So um, the the guests, Simo, are... I mean, the calibre of the guests, it's just great. Oh, it's fantastic. And, you know, we, we've, we've got a couple of really awesome Somerset guests. I mean, short of the Wurzels... These are probably the creme de la creme of Somerset. Yeah, I, th- I think they certainly are the real movers and the shakers. So we've got Ben Grant, who is uh, a director of the uh, Somerset-based agents Gibbons Richards, and also John Turner will be here soon. John is the CEO, no less, of Visit Somerset. So the, the, the kingpins, the linchpins, the cornerstones, they're all here on the podcast, which is great news. Selling, buying, investing. Are you making the right move? We've uh, we bristolpost.co.uk to thank for this uh, at first, haven't we? Because not even an hour out of Bristol, talking of Somerset, and you've got one of the UK's poshest villages, so they say. Yeah, very much so. And um, isn't Jacob Rees-Mogg from around that sort of way? Oh, I, oh you're getting... Bit of politics there. <laughs> He's got to be one of Britain's poshest politicians. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, I think that's fair game. Yeah, so I, I dare say that would be a sort of a suitable uh, seat for the uh, for the Mogs. Yeah. Well, you know, it's uh, yeah, one of the fifty-two villages yeah. uh, in the top fifty-two poshest places in Bristol. Uh, sorry, in the country, and. Uh, it's billed by Knight Frank in the Telegraph mm. um, that it has a vibrant community with an excellent pub called the Fox and Badger, a well-stocked community-run village shop, a church, a primary school, monthly newsletter, and two floodlit tennis courts, <sighs> playground, and stables. Well, I mean, sounds like Backwell. <laughs> what more? What more can you need? Vibrant community, popular pub. I mean, that's that's your clincher. There's your deal breaker right there. It is, and that's. Have we even said what the name of the place is yet? 
No, because it's not even in the article. <laughs> it's... <laughs> Honestly. It's Good old we- reporting by Bristol Live. It's it's Wello, isn't it? Yeah, I know. Yeah. I'm only messing. Yeah. Oh, okay. oh, you're doing your poker face thing there. <laughs> yeah, Wello in Somerset. Well, uh, near um, near Wells, isn't it? Yeah, so Wellow, Somerset, one of the UK's poshest villages, which I, really, I think, sets the bar where it should be for uh, what we're talking about uh, in all of this episode, and that, of course, is Somerset. So let, let's bring on our first guest. I'm Ben Grant, uh, one of two directors of Gibbons Richards Estate Agents, who are based in Taunton, Wellington and Bridgewater. So it goes without saying, Ben, you work in Somerset, so you must be a fan. I'm a huge fan. Yeah, I'm actually Taunton born and bred, Um, lived and worked here all my life uh, and yeah, feel very passionate about Taunton in particular. So what is it, Taunton, which we'll kind of narrow it down to shortly in the chat, but the county generally, what does it for you about it? Uh, I I suppose apart from the fact that I grew up here and uh, still in contact with a lot of my old school friends, I think the fact that um, it is quite a large town now, but you've still got that real community feel in the town. Um, You walk down the street and people are friendly. People say hello. You're likely to bump into people you know, which I think is just a really nice thing that's often lost in the bigger cities these days. So what are the property hotspots in around Somerset then, Ben? We've got offices um, at Gibbons Richards in Taunton, Wellington and Bridgewater. Um, and I think we're seeing the same pattern for pretty much the whole of the southwest. But at the moment, um, certainly from a property point of view, uh, properties here are very, very sought after. Um, Bridgewater has been in its own little bubble for a number of years because of Hinkley Point Power Station. And I'm sure you've seen there's been some some pretty good, uh, pretty favourable articles recently about um, the growth of Taunton and property prices in Taunton. So Taunton, Wellington and Bridgewater are all equally popular and sought after right now. So, Ben, as a fellow estate agent, is there a property that's doing best in the rain, Taunton? Good question. And no, I don't think there is. I think across the board, um, we are busy. And that be from your one bedroom sort of starter flats or typical buy to let properties right up to the larger sort of five and six bed detached in the countryside with land. Um, we're getting a, a big mix of buyers. Obviously, first time buyers are very keen to get on the ladder. There's no sign that prices are slowing up. Um, personally, I think they're probably going to continue to rise for the next um, sort of year or so at least. Um, so I think a lot of people are, are probably um, making that step to get on the property market. Uh, also, you've got a lot of investors buying, as I mentioned previously, um, things like Hinkley Point has created a huge demand for sort of temporary housing. Um, the contractors on the sort of six month or yearly contract. So the buy to let market is extremely strong. And then uh, you're getting the um, the managerial roles coming down here for those sorts of projects who are on the big salaries perhaps moving out of the cities um, to Somerset uh, and obviously the the contrast in property prices between here and the cities is still vast so you can sell your two-bedroom flat in parts of London for um, best part of a million quid you can buy a mansion still around here so um, I think again that's helping so across the board we're seeing huge demand for all types of properties. So that aside, Ben, have you identified uh, any particular trends over time that, you know, as far as speaking to other agents in other parts of the country, you would say uh, are unique trends to Somerset in particular? Just the the constant high demand. And our job, as I'm sure you're aware, is, um, is quite seasonal, typically. Uh, November, December are historically quite quiet months for us. But the last couple of years, taking COVID out of the equation, uh, we have been exceptionally busy. Yes, we've had limitations as to how we can work, but 
the demand just hasn't let up. Yeah, I think in terms of, of sort of trends over the last couple of years, it's been pretty relentless with just high demand. People need to see bricks and mortar, don't they? They need to see the kitchen that has to be updated. Are things kind of feeling a little bit warmer now when you take somebody around a property? Yeah, yeah, they are. Obviously, we've got lots of um, safety measures in place. Um, and it's fair to say we had to adapt to a very different way of working for a while. But obviously, a state agency carried on throughout lockdown, albeit we had limitations. So, yeah, I think I think you're absolutely right. People want to see the most expensive thing they will ever buy before committing. And also, I think people want to deal with people. We trialled uh, just online marketing when we uh, obviously couldn't go out and meet people face to face. And we did property videos and virtual tours. And they certainly have a place. But actually um, sitting in front of somebody and talking through a property, I think um, you can't beat. And I'm pleased to say we're, we're back to that now, albeit with mask wearing and um, hand sanitising and all the rest of it. But we are back to that all important face to face contact and being able to show people the product that they're going to part with the money for. So, Gibbons Richards clearly have the cleanest hands in the business. <laughs> I like to think so. <laughs> you, I mean, Taunton has grabbed lots of headlines for its popularity with houses. You, you said the friendliness at the top of the conversation, etc. What, what do you think are the key reasons that it has come out smelling of, of roses and continues to do so? Yeah, I mean, aside from the from the community spirit, I think um, true Tauntonians love Taunton, um, and quite rightly, they're very proud of what it has to offer. Um, but I think geographically, it's it's set in a fantastic position. Um, we're bordered by two beautiful sets of hills. You've got the Quantocks on one side and the Black Downs on the other. Um, we've got fantastic transport links. Um, and we've got still a lot of space here for further growth and further expansion. Um, there's some very large housing developments happening in the town right now, which creates sort of good and bad, um, good and bad opinion. But I think for the for the growth of the town, as long as the infrastructure is changed accordingly as well, yeah, I think it's got huge scope to to become even more popular. Very large employers here as well, which um, obviously helps. Unemployment's always been fairly low, and yeah, just general prospects. I think for young people are good. Yeah, that's fantastic here, Ben. But how does it continue with that growth? Uh, yeah, I mean, in all honesty, and I suppose it'd be lovely if we had that crystal ball. But I I just think right now we're seeing a lot of people moving out of the cities for a better life in the southwest. Touch wood, our COVID rates have been consistently low compared with other parts of the country. Crime generally is low around here. And I think a lot of people that have, have been living in those sort of big built up cities are are now thinking of, uh, of life very differently. And I think lockdown helped that. People spent a lot more time at home. There's more home working now. And I think where you live is more important to people than ever before. Um, so that's why I think this part of the country, and it's it's probably even more so when you look at Devon and Cornwall, but we are we are the gateway to Devon and Cornwall, still fairly accessible to London. So I think all those factors just contribute towards Taunton's popularity. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm glad you paint such a, uh, a glowing, a rosy picture, Ben. Thanks ever so much for your time on the podcast. And I'm sure as well, our other guest on this episode, uh, John, who's the CEO of Visit Somerset. I mean, if they could give you a, an award and accolade for bigging up Somerset, uh, Taunton in particular, I'm sure they would. So thanks very much. No problem at all. No, it's a pleasure. Thank you for your time. Now, it won't be long at all on the podcast before. We hear from the chief exec of Visit Somerset. John Turner will be here. It's about kind of at the stage now in the podcast where, you know, it feels a bit remiss of me not to have asked you what you did over Christmas. So I didn't really do what everybody was really up to, according to Right Move, the property portal. No connection to this wonderful podcast. Um and they were saying that new buyer 
demand and inquiries is up 23% compared to the same time last year. So it does really prove that the property market is still burning brightly. And we're pushing into 22 with some real positive news out of the portals. So is it just that thing, I guess, where, I don't know if I'm sort of simplifying it here, that people think, you know, draw, uh, a year drawing to a close, new one kind of, well, here now, demonstrably, but fresh start, and it's just a, a kind of inbuilt behaviour. I can't say I've done it myself, but is, is that why it happens? Well, it does all tend to be the Christmas and the Boxing Day bash and what, what happens there. But, um, you know, what we're seeing is the demand there's a, still a draw of a lack of property um, coming to the market. But what is coming to the market, as long as it's priced at the right level, it's selling and it's selling quickly. Now, you know me, Simo, <laughs> there's no broadcasting or podcasting depth <laughs> that I won't stoop to. There's been a communication that's coming, hasn't there? that's to do with a septic tank and soon you're going to tackle that very pressing and foul issue potentially well i'm, I'm liking all the puns here um but no it's it's, it's a serious point yeah. we, we 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 do want people to contact us through various channels and ask us any questions they've got especially something that might be slightly out of the ordinary that we can help with but you know we can put our experience to it and hopefully help people get things over the line where there are things that, that they don't really understand themselves you're with the right move subscribe to us now on all major podcast apps it is the right move the property podcast john turner is the ceo of visit somerset welcome to you sir john if i say and i think i think i know the answer to this one if i say Let's have a conversation in praise of Somerset. That, that'll be fine, just fine by you. It'll kind of be second nature, I'm guessing. Yeah, it is, it is. And it's, it's a, a county that, that I'm really, really passionate about. Um, and I've, you know, I've been in, in post eight years, but I kind of guess every, every week there's something new that pops up that, that I thought, my goodness, I, I never realised you know, that that originated in our county. And it's, it's actually quite a famous county in, 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 in its many facets. Yeah, and seems to be picking up more, and rightly so, more television coverage and media coverage generally in lots of ways, which, you know, we're not going to argue about. But what what, what would you say, so in that time then, the eight years, um, the most noticeable ways then that people's uh, perceptions of and attitude towards uh, Somerset as a county have, have, have shifted over that time? Well, it was. I think it was always seen as as the the, the black swan of the of the southwest family, if you like, <clears throat> as people uh, drove down to to Devon and Cornwall, mm. and all they did was uh, dump their fumes on the M5 on on their way in Somerset. Um, but now I think that that we're, we're finally beginning to um, crack the nut, if you will, mm. uh, and and people are really beginning to understand how beautiful this county is with its um it's it's three total areas of outstanding natural beauty um with some that, that are bordering other counties five areas of outstanding natural beauty uh, a national park and a world heritage site um in bath um yeah it's got something very very significant to to show off and and to 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 you know really welcome potential visitors too so john 
with all these COVID restrictions that we've had recently, how do you get the message across about still coming to Somerset? Yeah, and, and it's it's the, I think that the greatest point in, in relation to all the restrictions that we've been through is is the fact that we have huge areas of open space. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I think, you know, coming out of, of COVID, um, all of our um, aspirations will have changed exponentially um, it, through through the witnessing of, of what we've seen uh, and what we've heard over the last two years. And I think we, we, we're kind of wanting to get back to nature. Uh, we're wanting to have some mindfulness time, uh, some time to relax and time to just 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 get out of the rat race. And, and I think that you know, the county plays itself very much to that. You know, whether you're walking on the Mendips above Cheddar Gorge, um, you know, looking over towards Exmoor and Minehead in the far distance, um, or whether you're on the Black Downs, or indeed, you know, Exmoor National Park, looking up uh, with its dark sky status. Um, that there are, you know, a, a number of, of phenomenal walks in the county that you can you can take um, the Mendip Way. Uh, for one, you know, which are, are just absolutely exquisite and stunning, and and just again take you away from that that noise and hullabaloo that you you have in your everyday life. We, I mean, we have about just over seventy thousand followers on social media through Instagram, LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, as a because as a main play really of uh, you know our digital communications, and then we have our website, the visitsomerset.co.uk, um, which. Uh, you know, is is there as as a kind of main platform for the county with just under a million users annually coming to the site um, to to find out about what there is to see and do um, in Somerset. So, yeah, that that's those are our main um, marketing communication tools that that we use. Um, and then things like this, we you know, we talk to journalists, um, we we create podcasts. Um, yeah, and, and we work uh, strategically with Visit Britain and Visit England to make sure that Somerset gets its fair share of voice on the domestic and, and the international stage as well. What are your favourite bits about Somerset and why? I think the, the Mendips for me are wild. They are just barren in their respect of, of there's not many people lots of foliage but not many people wandering around it's just a great great place to just blow the cobwebs mm. away and and go for a walk with the dog and and just get some headspace um and glastonbury for me um is is one of the the, the strongest beating hearts of the county mm. you've already touched on the the huge um uh myths and legends that are connected with Glastonbury. It is scientifically and archaeologically known to be uh, the the European foundations of of Christianity. So it it has a huge, huge significance there in relation to that. Um, You'll know that uh, back uh, 2000 years ago, um, the, the the seven estuary, the Bristol Channel, pushed right up to to, to the doors of Glastonbury and was lapping uh, up against it in, in terms of water um, before the monks drained it for for agriculture. Um, so the the legends that that Christ and Joseph of Arimathea 
um, came to Glastonbury um, from an archaeological point of view that there is, you know, that there's possibly some truth that that um, that that could have occurred um, because there were huge trading routes to the Middle East, to the Byzantine routes, um, of which the Romans took huge, huge advantage of. Uh, during that time, shipping out from Breen and Barrow with lead and iron ore uh, from, again, from the Mendips. So mm-hmm. those two particular areas just absolutely resonate with me, you know, in, in terms of the length and the depth of the history uh, that they have and, and how far it goes back. And sometimes I think we, we take that for granted. Um, but but yeah, those, those two places are are particularly special. It is a county that has these mystical and uh, evocative stories. Pretty much every turn, isn't it, John? So I mean, like, mm. I'm, I'm glad you said uh, Joseph of Arimathea. I'm, I think uh, am I right mm. in remembering that he he supposedly set down or or put his his cane, his stick in the ground, yeah. and therefore the tree. It's just amazing. Yeah. Uh, and do you know that there's 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 a paradox which I know wouldn't be great business at all, but and and completely at <laughs> odds with Visit Somerset's raison d'etre, but do, do you ever feel that some of the, you know, the the hidden gems or the lesser-known gems and surprises that, as, as says on your website, waiting to be discovered in Somerset, um, should be kept low-key and, and and protect from us marauding public sometime? It's hard to yeah, do, I, I say. I, I, <laughs> I think this is a really, really good point, and it's, it's one that we battle with. My wife and I... Uh, last summer went down to to Dorset to Durdledore, I believe. Um, and and I, I I must admit at the time I was slightly unnerved by by my job and my my role because it literally there were thousands and thousands of people there, and the farmers were renting out their fields for cars to park and and suddenly, this this beautiful area took on a completely different tone um and we could we were witnessing environmental damage litter uh it, it just it wasn't particularly pleasant and i think that that everything we do and i've just had this conversation with my colleague um as we're talking to central government around integrated transport planning there are more cars on the road now than there were pre-pandemic, but train travel, you know, has dropped significantly by about 54%. We need to find other methods of, of getting here. We need to be respecting our rural retreats. Uh, and we, we just need to be working more in harmony with nature than not. Uh, and, and I'm afraid that uh, unlike possibly yourself and myself who are who have a conscious a kind of will to to make a difference. There are still many people that that just seem to think it's okay to throw litter out of windows mm-hmm. of cars and and just to not be first rate about the environment when we clearly all should be more now than than ever before. So that's something that's always always on our minds. Um, and whether it's the rollout of of uh, electric car charging points, which we are going to start lobbying local government for now. Uh, or whether it's working with GWR trains uh, to see what we can do to incentivize people to come by other means. There is an awful lot of work to do. Uh, and uh, yeah, we, we are proud to, to be heading that up. 
And yeah, Taunton in particular is getting all the recent attention. Did you see that coming? No, didn't didn't see it coming. But actually thinking about it, uh, it, it, I think it's it's suddenly it's the right time for us because the distance, the equidistance between Devon and Cornwall and London is further than Somerset. But again, actually, people are are beginning to understand the opportunities that, that Somerset has. And, and you've got the Black Down Hills uh, and you've got Exmoor um, National Park and you've got the Quantocks, um, which are just just on the, the doorstep of Taunton. So, you know, immediately you go out of Taunton, you, you've just got this these uh, beautiful sets of rolling hills, you know, greenery um, to die for, really. And, and it's it's just something that that people are suddenly beginning to um, to to understand. And I think because it's closer to London than the likes of Devon and Cornwall, people are seeing it as, as a really great alternative because, again, the, you know, the pandemic has given rise to to home working, um, to to working remotely. Uh, and, you know, the, the likes of Amazon have, have, have um, indicated that um, what they forecast as a five-year adoption of technology has now been driven down to one year because people suddenly have been forced into, into different kind of uh, environments and find it really easy now to adopt technology and use it and therefore can work from home and maybe travel to London once a week. Uh, and, you know, and again, this is another point with, with train travel. It's, you know, if you, if you don't need to do it, why do it? Um, so so that, there's great points there. And I, I think, again, got to be careful because, you know, we already have a population of 800,000 in, in the, the, uh, the, the council authority of Somerset. But there'll be more people moving here, uh, which will inevitably um, give, give rise to, to environmental pressures. Uh, but that'll mean there'll be more people to, to explore and experience what we have domestically and, and you know within the county, which which is a great opportunity. But again, I, I, I you know I, I urge people to to do it in, in an environmentally sustainable way. And at, at the end here, John, how do you see Somerset um, capitalising, adding even more to its appeal in the next few years? Clearly, you know, Mother Nature, the the, the sights, the sounds, etc. They are there. They are fingers crossed, not going anywhere. And and they do what they do, as it were. They they perform their uh, um, uh, picturesque function, etc. But what about the rest of it? What will say right that Somerset, uh, aside from the transport links, is going to be the place to be at? I often wondered before I took took over the the operation as to to why nobody had ever seen the opportunity like this before, because whether it is two of the most famous cave networks in Europe, Wookie Hole and Cheddar Gorge and Caves, which now has the Frozen Deep, uh, which I believe is the largest surface area cave uh, in the UK, whether it's the foundations of two of the most famous food brands in the world, Cheddar and Cider, which both originated from Somerset in 800 AD, whether it's the longest heritage railway in the UK, West Somerset Railway. We have one of the the, the finest Victorian peers uh, in in England, uh, in uh, Clevedon, and then obviously one of the largest peers uh, in the UK, the Grand Pier um, in Western Supermare. The list just just goes on and on. There is so much to see and do in this county. Why wouldn't you want to come to Somerset? 
John, I'm, I'm sold about 100 times over. Are you making the right move? Now, to pose a, a question around your property might be something to do with maintenance, uh, buying, selling, investing in. Uh, something we can put to uh, to Andrew or one of the experts that we can readily call in here uh, on the podcast. Probably the easiest way is to is to like our Facebook page. It's the right move. The logo of the podcast is on there. You always you say it's like a, a remind you of Max and Paddy, doesn't it? Those sort of those colours. Yeah, that's the one. Give us a like and drop your question through a message to us and we'll see whether we can respond through the next podcast. Now, this is not, I repeat, not uh, some kind of Cockney rhyming slang, but septic tank is something that's been asked of you. So, yeah, just just set this up for us, uh, Simo. Yeah, so Mark from Gloucestershire has sent us a message. Uh, He's buying a property at the moment and he's worried about the septic tank and the installation specifically about when it was installed and how it was installed Um, it's going through conveyancing at the moment and uh, he specifically wants to know how how do they go through and make sure that they're protected as as a family buying the property so the rules changed on the installation of septic can tanks should i say in 2016 um, and what it did was it changed from a septic tank you had to then install sewage treatment plants uh, which effectively produced uh, drinkable water from the sewage treatment plant which is essentially what the water authorities do but they do it um, and then supply it to us also if the installation was within 30 meters of a mains drain the environment agency insists that it needs to be installed to that mains drain now i don't know the full details of um of mark's particular purchase but if um a septic tank has been installed then you're going to need to get some form of indemnity through your conveyancing process to make sure that it's covering through building control and if there's any problems in the future that that indemnity will pick up Otherwise, you probably need to get it fitted with if it was within 30 meters of the main strain, then you probably need to get it connected to the main strain. And that can cost thousands. So obviously, if that's the case, I would highly recommend that you have a renegotiation of the price um, and see where that gets you. Otherwise, make sure that the water treatment system is working properly because the last thing we want to be drinking is raw sewage that you're producing yourself. So I hope that helps with the question. Yeah, thanks ever so much for uh, for getting in touch with the podcast, uh, Mark. You know, uh, obviously, fingers crossed that it all works out. I'm sure with that uh, fantastic advice. I was, I was kind of just sat here dumbstruck, uh, Simo, because I, you know, all this time that I've uh, known you, I've I've never heard that kind of rich. Uh, seam of information that expert knowledge just kind of trot out like so especially about septic tanks well yeah (laughs) if honestly if there's a pub quiz that's got a roundabout septic tanks you're coming with me i'm the man there's no question about it excellent Uh, and i don't say this lightly obviously but it's the sort of thing that sometimes you see on um grand designs don't you you know, Kevin rolls up, they've got this huge build the size of how many football pitches, and then somebody realises, ah, yeah, we're kind of too far away from that surface, or 
we didn't connect to that and mm. this has added 10 grand 30 grand whatever think of a number and treble it to the bill so well many years ago it was the same issue with broadband yeah you know there were villages that weren't connected and to get cable to those villages it was 50 60 70 100 grand's worth of dig <laughs> Afford to look a little bit uh, smug there, can't you? Simo? You've got a bit of swagger about you because um, before Christmas you laid out these uh, three Mystic Simo predictions. You agreed with Phil Spencer, didn't you, to do with first time buyers, those getting on the ladder. Uh, you thought that he called it right. Yep. So that was you, you got your brownie points, Kirstles or Pip. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, I think we need to get Phil as a guest. Yeah, here, yeah, really, don't yeah, we? yeah. Let's let's do that. Yeah, let's go and go and take his agent down the dog and duck or something like yeah. that. The, the, the wello, the the goat and bi- <laughs> Yes, the goat and bicycle. <laughs> I, I think Phil comes from wello, doesn't he? No, I don't uh, yeah, yeah. He probably knows the mogs. <laughs> he's he's very he's very up on the mogs. If anyone has access to Phil Spencer's yeah. diary, yeah. Let's get him on. Yeah, hack that diary. Joey Barton. Now, you see, you're, you're a bit reticent to say that you, you got this spot on, but, but you did, because at the time of recording this, Joey's still in pose, so that, that's two out of two, or two out of three so far. And uh, the Boxing Day boom happened. Bingo, bango. There you are. Three from three. Yeah, and as we've just talked about, you know, the Boxing Day, all of that up this year yeah back of the net so let's uh let's bring on your prediction which i think i yeah now obviously we're gonna got this this long-running thing where you're kind of mr renter quote aren't you for for property anything matters (laughs) it's in the in the nicest possible way there almost isn't a publication that you haven't been in here and in europe and around the world I don't so, think I've made the financial times yet. Well, you know, it's somewhere to aim for, got to be said, you know. So, here's a prediction then. How many papers will you be quoted in the next time we come to make the podcast? Oh, that's putting me right on the spot. Mm-hmm. Oh, have they got to be different papers? Or is it just quotes? Um, yeah, I think it's about the title, surely, isn't it? Okay, four. Four? Between now and the... Oh, I think you're managing expectations on the lower side. I would have expected you double... You think it'll be more than that? I would have expected <laughs> double figures, at the very least. <laughs> Knowing what you're like. OK, well, that's noted. We'll see uh, how we fare when we speak in February on the four that you're predicting. I, I love the prediction style. You, you you sort of go all snooker commentator. It's all sort of hushed tones. <laughs> I think, my, I, I think the microphone is packing up now, I'm joking. Uh, he's double-kissed the pink. When, when we, can you hear me, Clem Fandown? Yeah, well, I think I can. When we come back, nobody else can, but yeah. when we come back in February, uh, we'll have on someone, let's not say who it is right now, but someone who has turned a property market upside down, certainly in, in online terms, with his brother. He has been the master of innovation, hasn't he? Oh, do you know what? I'm really looking forward to him to come in on. And uh, you're absolutely right. You've teed that up perfectly, JP. You know, he 
he's an innovator. He's into uh, he's got fingers in lots of pies. Mm. Don't and, be sh- uh, don't be shy. Yeah, <laughs> but no, I, I think yeah. a really cool uh, yeah. guest for us. Yeah, and someone who will be able to give our listeners a bit of an insight into prop tech, basically. Excellent. All right. Well, uh, look after yourself, and we will speak uh, next time when we return with more uh, of The Right Move. Take it easy. See you later. The Right Move. <laughs>